In this episode of the Brown Body Podcast, I'm joined by self-proclaimed geriatric mother and my good friend, Michelle Rogers, to be discussing her personal health and fitness journey, how she's progressed over the years, and how she's been able to balance all of life's demands while maintaining a healthy and active lifestyle. Michelle's a barefoot training specialist. She's the blog editor for the NFPT, which is my accrediting body for uh, certified personal training. Uh, She's also got a master's degree in health psychology. She's a wife. She's a mother. She has overcome so many amazing things, and her story is just something that's going to really inspire each and every one of you. I'm really excited to have her on the show and bring you these episodes both today and this week. So with that, before we dive in, quick word from our sponsor. You're about to listen to another episode of the Braun Body Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Braun. I founded Brawn Body Training Holistics in 2019 and we started the Brawn Body Podcast in March of 2020. Since then, we've released over 100 podcast episodes about various topics relating to training, nutrition, lifestyle, mental health, and so much more. We've been fortunate enough to have amazing guests on the show who range from doctors in physical therapy, chiropractics, nutrition experts, strength and conditioning specialists, and so much more. This podcast is your new one-stop shop for motivational content, health and fitness content, training advice, insight, and wisdom that you can get nowhere else. Welcome to the Brown Body Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the show. Michelle, welcome to the show. Excited to have you. Thank you, Dan. I am excited to be here. So I've noticed we've known each other for over a year now. You are very strong-willed and have a very strong mindset. You are very active in regards to your health and fitness, in regards to your training career. You work for the NFPT, which is our certified personal trainer accrediting body, but you're also married. You have children you really balance a lot of different things. So what keeps you going? How are you able to kind of do all these different things at a time when it seems like so many people are just kind of giving up and burning out with all of life's demands? Yeah, it's the warrior gene. Um, (laughs) That's actually true, but I, I actually, I believe that most working women, women with children, we're all kind of wearing a cape. Um, I didn't do anything as hard as having kids. So every, and I was an older mom. So I started, my firstborn was, um, you know, I had her when I was 36. So that may be the geriatric category. (laughs) And, um, you know, I I put it off for a long time because I I honestly was scared of it. And there was nothing up until that point that I thought I couldn't do. And I, I knew I wanted to be a mom, but I also know that raising children that you want to be good human beings is a commitment on every level of your person. And um, I wanted to do that, but I also didn't want to give up my professional life and all the things that, you know, uh, motivated me to help the world. And I mean, I think to answer your first question of, you know, what was my why, I, I, I think that from a very young age, I was just intrinsically motivated to want to be healthy and help others become healthy. Um, If if there's any such thing as a calling, that would have been mine. 
And so it's just always been there. And I've done a lot of weird things over the years, um, professionally and personally. We've done a lot of traveling and uh, lived on an RV. And um, I've worn many hats uh, thinking that I could do pretty much anything I wanted to do, um, but always come back to fitness and health and you know, helping people to um, you know, just dig into what's really out there, not let other people tell them or, you know, sort of follow the, the vague, you know, advice out there of, of what it involves to become a healthy person or, you know, just the, the right. popping pills and, and doing the easy things to get healthy. Um, to me, it was always, it's work, but it's, it's a commitment that you get something out of. Right. So That's why we call it the practice of health and medicine after all, right? Not one person has all the answers. It's constantly evolving and it's a complex system that people can't navigate on their own without the help of someone who kind of knows and understands the inner workings of it a little more. Yeah. And I think that's many people. I mean, I, I don't ever commit to one path or one modality. I try to learn about all of them and take pieces of this and that and, and, and put together a puzzle that works for me. And if I have clients with certain unique issues, I try to help them outside of what their fitness program is. For you sure. Do you have rheumatoid arthritis? Well, and you're 35, why did that happen? Where is that coming from? Let me help try to figure this out because I just wanna help. Like I get you know, no personal gain from solving that puzzle if I can help solve it other than maybe I help this person live an easier life for so. sure and correct me if I'm wrong but for me anyways it seems like people anymore are just very quick to accept the diagnosis and not question it not push yes. back and then they start to embody that diagnosis well I have this so <laughs> this so I can't do that whatever it might be and it feels like anymore, there's just a lack of empowerment and what I would call self-enablement yes. going on. Oh, 100%. You hit the nail on the head. And, and I think I use the word be your own or the phrase be your own advocate more mm -hmm. than anything, because you cannot rely on any one healthcare professional or, you know, yeah, diagnosis to solve the problem for you. You have to do your own advocacy and, and own digging and and maybe learn how to read some research. You know, I mean, I was lucky to have, you know, gone to grad school and, and had a very rigorous research um, course that uh, all we did was critique research. And, you know, on the surface, hey, that looks like it discovered something really cool. But no, let's look at the, the methods. Is this really a good study? Mm -hmm. Is it the only study? What was the power? Like all the things that go into, um, you know, meaningful results. Um, with the data, uh, I think, <laughs> it sh sadly, should be something that everybody knows how to do, but um, we trust the experts most of the time <laughs> to interpret that for us. And yeah. we, uh, we know that that's not always the, the best way to, to learn something. Well, with that, uh, research in itself has become overcomplicated. It's not mm -hmm. easy to understand. Uh, however, yeah. it seems like anytime a new study comes out, the news sources any news source, I don't care what bias yeah. you pick, jumps Jump right on. It. It's, right. you know, well, a new study showed this, a new study showed that. And you look at the study and it was like a pilot study with eight people that wasn't yep. peer reviewed or anything. And they're right. drawing sweeping conclusions off right. of that one study that applies to one specific population and applying it to everyone. 
Or they just kind of at the very end say, more research is warranted, but like nobody hears that part. They just like, oh, that study said this, how cool. And that's it. Yep. uh, And then you got the people online who see that and jump to huge conclusions on it. I call them keyboard rangers who... I'll I'll save the words I have for people like that for another time. Yeah, Um, it's human, I guess. Yeah, for sure. But with all of these different things going on in your life and all the extra work that you put in trying to help people, because like you said, that is your big passion. How are you able to kind of kind of fill your own cup, so to speak, metaphorically. Uh, you know, I like to say you can't pour from an empty cup. So what right. is it that you do to keep yourself going? I mean, if I'm going to be honest with you, Dan, I, I think that that's been my biggest struggle recently. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like, I, I was really good at that work-life balance before I had kids. I worked hard, but like, you know, as a trainer, you're putting in a full-time uh, week is, is 25 hours is considered full time, but that's on the floor. And of course you do things behind the scenes, but like, I never thought of it as work. It was always just, uh, you know, invigorating and energizing for me. So I never burned out training. Um, There were times I got close. Well, maybe I took on too much and I felt that and things just sort of, you know, balanced themselves out. Uh, I either backed off or, you know, cut somebody loose who was not really getting anything out of our relationship or they moved. It's just weird how, you know, life mm-hmm. balance itself out that way. But certainly, um, yeah, having kids, I, I had to back off of training and be a mom. And, um, but it was always there. I always had like one or two clients that, you know, stuck with me. And um, I tried to just keep my own fitness kind of at a minimum. Like, I mean, I, I have a back issue, as you probably know. <laughs> um, started when I was 18, I got rear-ended in go-kart and, um, uh, was diagnosed with spondylolisthesis after that. And so I couldn't do like arching movements, which was easy to avoid. Like, you know, too much lumbar extension would put me like, like I could feel the bones. Um, but after kids that just got so much worse, just like pain, no matter what I did bending, I was at like a, an eight waking up in the morning, my pain level was unbearable. So I got that in check um, about two years ago. So it's down now to, I will say like a two or a three on a a daily basis. And, um, but for a while there, like my fitness had to kind of take a back seat to figuring out how can I mitigate this pain and function, Mm -hmm. pick my kid up. I had a baby. So putting my kid in the crib was like, (laughs) 90 year old lady bending over and I was in tears. So once I got past that and I was like, you know, I, I got past it to a degree, you know, it's still there. I'm like, you know what, forget it. I just, I got to get my body back. And I just went right back into it full, you know, hilt and got, you know, my, my strength back and caught my rhythm. I figured out Instagram, I got my Instagram account started. <laughs> it was just like 2018. Like I just got on the, the, the bus really. So, um, you know, try, I was trying to, you know, as an edging towards 40 at that time, like catch up in a way with uh, the, the other, you know, fitness professionals who had been just consistent all along or haven't had kids yet. So um, there is a whole world of, you know, mommy fitness out there. And there's a lot of incredible ladies doing some serious stuff. But I will just say for myself, my little family over here, we're kind of, you know, our own little island. We don't have family close by. We don't have moms to help, cousins nearby. We're on our own. 
And my kids did not sleep through a night until each of them were two and a half years old. And they are two and a half years apart. So that's five years that I did not sleep through a night. And I'm just kind of now catching up to that. Um, so truly, I was falling apart, <laughs> like not sleeping, trying to get my body back, trying to get back into a fitness career after having kids um, and, and managing some other personal issues around me that I won't go into detail about. But yeah, my cup was empty. It was like <laughs> there was like a drop left. And I knew that this isn't me. Mm -hmm. I've never functioned this way and I need to, you know, find myself again. And so um, it's been a roller coaster of trying to figure out what that is because we just also, we move a lot. So I've only been in this house for six months, uh, eight months now, and, um, and just uh, also had a full-time job. So outside of fitness, I had to get ugh, details, um, my child into a private school because of the pandemic and not having a kindergartner do virtual. I couldn't do that. Um, so to pay for her private school, I got a full-time job working in a wellness center and, um, holy shit, that was hard. <laughs> the job itself was actually not like for me, it, it was nice to have a new challenge, but like trying to then also, yeah, wake up and we're, I mean, this is now I'm finally sleeping again. And the only time I'm going to work out is if I wake up at 5am and do it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I started doing like two days a week. I woke up at five and then I, I was sometimes able to squeeze in a day on the weekend, but that left, when am I going to do grocery shopping? When am I going to hang out with my family and take care of my kids, do the laundry and, you know, basic stuff, hang out with friends. So, I mean, that was six months, not even that I held that job down. And, um, I was kind of a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I really was not managing the stress well, but I, but some women like me, we don't see that we're doing it. We're going, we don't stop. I'm getting the work done. I'm making my the kids lunches. They're in bed at the right time. I get nothing. I'm working out. I maybe have like a weekend thing going on and, um, but yeah, I'm angry and irritable all the time. And so, um, yeah, I, I let that come to a head and I said, I got to be done with this. So I quit that job and yep. I made a, I, I'm making my full comeback into my fitness sphere. Um, you know, start starting a, the online training, um, options and my updating a website and I got my LLC, all, all this stuff. So, um, I'm like, you know what? I don't know what I'm always trying to do something else. Let me just return to who I am and I can do this when I want and manage my family and have a life and take a bath maybe once in a while, <laughs> read a book. I haven't read, but I told you, I have not read a book in, since my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. So how terrible, I mean, that, that's not me either. I mean, no offense to anybody who never reads a book, but I'm just not the person who never read. So yeah, right. I'm now returning to filling that cup back up again. And um, I think that sometimes yeah, you have to hit that point of realizing you lost it. That yeah. you couldn't manage all the balls in the air at the same time, and you had to drop them and start over. Exactly. And not doing that again. That's all. So I have a lot to add to that. Um, Sorry, first, that was really long. No, you're straight. good. You, you're that was all great on. stuff. Um, I was going to uh, make a joke about you and your comment about being a geriatric mom, but you've joined <laughs> Instagram now, so I can't say that anymore, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's an actual term. I don't know. Like <laughs> they, they tell you that. That's like a code. And um, you know, it's just because the the risks of certain things go up when you're 35. Right. But again, when you and I know when you really dig into the data, you're an N of one. I mean, there's not any one statistic or risk factor that will equally apply to everyone. So yes, I may be a 35 year old mom, but I've been working out since I'm a four year old girl and eating healthy organic foods my entire life. And my fitness and metabolic age is way younger than 35. So I never thought of myself that way, but it's just funny that, yep, that's, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what you sure. are. <laughs> Uh, and the other big thing I see too is, you know, life is kind of like a storm. I tell people that it hits you sometimes and you still know where you're going, but you might not be able to see what's directly ahead of you. Right. Yeah. So what do you do? You just have to return to what's always worked for you. Well, you know, if you're in the middle of winter and you're in a snowstorm metaphorically, and you just start heading South because you know that South. Uh, southern climates are warmer and that's yeah. going to get you out of where you don't want to yeah. be and where you want to be then you just need to keep doing that thing for yep. you that thing sounds like it's been health and fitness yep. so you know that you've kind of been all over the place for the past few years and part of that was kind of by design right you intentionally had children um yep. at least i don't think either of them were well, the second one wasn't really <laughs> He's cool. Um, we kept him. <laughs> <laughs> so you intentionally made some life changes that you felt you needed to do. And that's kind of a good thing, right? We all want to, or at least many people want to start a family, want to have kids, want to make positive changes and do things in life that they can't do with anyone else. Uh, but they know that they have to give up certain things for a period of time in order to have yeah. those. Yep. But eventually it comes full circle and yeah. you can go back to those things. And not only do you go back to them, but you share your passion and love for those things with those people that you've now brought into the world. Or in yeah. someone else's case, maybe it's not you know having children. Maybe it's they get a dog. Maybe it's they relocate. Maybe there's some other big lifestyle thing that happens that really hits them for a while. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of awesome kind of lessons that people can take away from, you know, your own experiences and your own story. And that's kind of powerful stuff that I think needs to be shared more often because yeah. anymore, there's not a whole lot of good news going on, as we both know. I know and people are just like burdening themselves with more pressure of, of how to, yeah, like make make their lives work or be happy or balanced or manage the stress and self-care and especially new moms. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, you're not ever prepared no matter what book you read or what people tell you of how hard it's going to be physically mm -hmm. and emotionally on you. It's just a constant thing. And I've just had so many moms just, I think, carry guilt or shame that they're not immediately working out right after they pop a kid out. I'm like, oh, I didn't work out for like a year, truly. After my first was born, I was so enveloped in that. I did whatever basic stuff, but like the way I was working out prior to that, I was not even close to it for a solid year. And like you said, I know I'm coming back to it. There was never a moment where I'm like, oops, I abandoned fitness. No, I just had to focus on her 
and and again looking back on it at the time I didn't know exactly what a demanding baby she was <laughs> um, but she was and I made it through and returned yeah to fitness because it is all about that sort of long haul the mm -hmm. consistency and and having like you know all of the days under your belt in the course of your lifetime if sometimes you got to veer off path and deal with something you just got to know you're gonna <clears throat> get back on the path I like how you said that people now get so caught up in the how-to. That was something uh, Sal Stefano and I talked extensively about is <clears throat> anymore, it's never been easier to just do something, right? Yeah, no kidding. Anymore, people get so caught up in, well, I don't have this in order. I don't have this in line. It has never been easier to start a business. You can start a business online. It's never been easier to pick up a new skill or learn a new skill or degree you can do most of these things online from home at a lower cost than you might expect. And people get so caught up in the nitty gritty details of it that don't matter that they don't just do things. And it sounds like in your case, you were very much, um, I'll take a term from the movie Pain and Gain, uh, you are very much a doer, someone who just does things. And in the yes. movie, they talk about doers and donters. Okay. I, you either do things or you don't do things. Yeah. And you're very much one of the people who does things and you don't kind of get caught up in those details when you're doing them. It's just, well, uh, I need to get this done. I'm going yeah. to do it and keep moving forward. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'd say that's accurate. And um, yeah, it can be frustrating sometimes, I guess, when you're alongside the donters. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I wonder too, is that innate? Is that something that can be taught? Like I said, like that, that I, we've been digging into our 23andMe data lately, which yeah, some people don't feel comfortable doing and I get that too, but um, I did it years ago and we're just looking into it and I did have that, the, it's called the warrior gene. I didn't even know that was a thing, but there's, I think just this common thread of operating under pressure. Um, not that you don't get stressed, you do. Like I said, I was stressed, but I kind of just didn't think that I was. So your body is fielding it, but your mind is like, shoop, that's <laughs> just putting that aside and I'm doing, I just keep going and get it done. And like, you know, I was the kid who crammed. I never handed a paper in late in college, but I stayed up all night doing them most of the time <laughs> because I wasn't, you know, doing them ahead of time. So um, that I think comes comes into that like whole work-life balance too because to me like college was an experience and I wanted to have fun um but I wasn't gonna screw it up either so right. sometimes I would get a little confused you know 20 years old where my priorities were but I did not hand a paper in late I got it done even if it wasn't like you know top notch and that's just how I operated and um I think that's just something that was always in me and I think that some people are like you kind of intimated to earlier, they just need order and organization and preparedness and to, to see the plan. And sometimes you get too caught up in the planning. So mm -hmm. You never ever get to the doing part of the plan. And I just, I'm not very good at the planning part. I just jump right over that, <laughs> just get, to that get to the doing part. So that's, right. that's a really interesting observation that you just made. An experience is the best teacher. So what better way to learn what works and what doesn't work than to get in and try and fail and try and fail over and yeah. over again. 
yeah, you can't be afraid of the failure. And I, I yeah, that's, a, I think, a legitimate thing that people are afraid of. It's, it's painful. It hurts. It's discouraging. But I think we've all heard enough stories by now about people who are the most successful. They did this, they did that, you know, and they failed a thousand times before they, you know, hit their winner. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what your ambitions and your goals are. I've never been very ambitious though. So that's another weird thing about me. You haven't been ambitious really after all these things we just talked about. Yeah, I don't, the- maybe everybody has a different <laughs> um, definition of what that is. But to me, that's like wanting to um, purposely make a name for yourself, wanting to uh, succeed in, in prominence. Maybe that's how I think of ambition, wanting to be, you know, being an overachiever by nature, but like highly prioritizing your overachievement. Okay. I don't know. Again, that's my, that's my view of it. I've always been like, yeah, I can do whatever I want, but I'm not going to do it all. Like, I get I'm not, not going to take it all the way to the top because I don't really feel the need to display myself that way. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Um, I typically use ambition as, uh, and I'll pull this up here so I'm not butchering any wording here. Yeah. So dictionary.com, you can double check me on this. It's the free dictionary.com says ambition is a strong desire to do or achieve something, which typically requires determination and hard work. Um, so under that, that definition, I think that fits you pretty perfectly. Yeah, I guess so. Now, under yours, which oddly enough, the Merriam-Webster dictionary kind of ties in things like fame and power and that sort of stuff. Um, So under that definition, I think that it's almost better to not be what people consider famous anymore because there's so much, I'll just say stuff happening with people who are what we consider famous that you know how they got there was not the most kosher way so to speak and i would rather be kind of where i'm at honestly at the end of the day than yeah. further ahead but getting there dishonestly or by kind of 100%. hurting other people in the process right 100% and and i think that we can all kind of attest and see that a lot of people in power had to do those nasty things to get there and, right. and so I guess, yeah, power is a separate, separate thing. And we won't, we don't have to necessarily link ambition and power and fame, but yeah, I guess that they, they tie into each other and it's hard for me to extricate those associations. For Try sure. To, yeah. So with that, Michelle, any kind of closing thoughts, closing remarks or anything else you want people to kind of remember from your story and your experiences? Oh my gosh. Um, I think that, you know, it's interesting. My husband and I have very different life style philosophies. Um, and, and again, I think this is why I was talking about it being innate. Um, I, I, would, I would like to impart certain feelings and of trust in the process. I've, I've just, I believe in, in synchronicities. I believe in, you know, life is a little magical and mysterious and, and you have to be open to opportunities for them to present themselves to you. I've mm-hmm. never been worried about the next step. Not once ever. I'm not afraid of not having money. I'm not afraid of ending up on the street or, you know, I, I always have felt that if this path doesn't work out, the next one will be the right one. 
because they're all the right one. You just, you know, even if this is not perfect right now, it's, it's perfect for right now. And um, you just have to get through that to get to the next step. And, and I look back on all the weird shit I've done and every single experience has given me something important for that next step. So stuff that I never would have considered. Like, you know, I, I, we lived on an RV for seven months and bought this little internet company that was able to sustain us financially through that period. Ironically though, we sold it for less than we bought a four and broke even. So like we could have done that whole RV trip and never bought this business and had the same amount of money that we started with. But I learned a lot about, you know, just running this internet business. I knew nothing about that. I was not in that world and SEO, like, you know, uh, search engine optimization and Google analytics and Google AdWords and all these little things that helped me for like the next three jobs. So like, had that not happened, you know, my husband will look at it and say, what a waste. Like, why did we ever do that? But I'm like, well, yeah, um, if you look at it that way, but I never would have learned these skill sets if we didn't buy that stupid little business. <laughs> and, and, you know, I owned a thrift store and I, I, you know, weird stuff along the way that like seemed like pointless if you were just to look at it on paper. But for me, there were just always some nugget in there, some valuable lesson that has, you know, carried me through the next step. Like I said, it's like almost magical. So yeah, I, you have to trust the process and believe that you can do exactly what it is you want to do. I think a lot of people box themselves into expectations. Like what did my mom want me to do? Or, you know, I got my degree in this, so I've got to use it. Oh, I mean, you don't. <laughs> It's just going to be a little, you know, bit of a pill to swallow to say, I spent a lot of money on this education that the degree did not get me this job, but don't negate the experience because you needed that for some reason. Exactly. The universe works in crazy ways. And Absolutely. Uh, in your case, you've uh, found a way to see the good in every situation, which if you can yeah. do that, then that's when life becomes exciting. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's it. I'm always just, you know, trying to be vivacious and, and find gratitude in whatever it is I have right now. And, um, and hope that, yeah, this is there. Maybe this is as good as it gets. Maybe it gets better, but like, I'm, I'm happy with what I have. For sure. So with that, Michelle, thank you so much for your time and for joining us for this podcast episode. Excited to share that with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thanks, Dan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. As a reminder, you can find myself on Instagram at Brawn Body, Brawn with a W, and you can find Michelle on Instagram at Michelle underscore G underscore Rogers underscore fitness. Uh, you could also just kind of look in the description below and there will be links to both my Instagram and her Instagram. Feel free to email either one of us. And make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on the second episode with Michelle coming this Wednesday. Stay tuned. Hope to see you there.